We are back, we are live, the conversation continues now because it's 2106, hashtag health on Monday. The regulation of complementary medicines, Ms. Tendaima, former legal researcher at the Legal Research Institution, or NGO, which focuses on the Constitution's rights to health, food, water, and social security. Of course, I'm talking about Section 27. Medicines have evolved over time, and so has the realization of the importance of quality control and regulatory process. Complementary medicines were previously perceived to be unregulated, although the Medicines Act does not distinguish between allopathic and complementary medicines. Big words, big words. But it's all right, we're going to explain them beautifully. It's going to be terrific. The explanation is going to be great. As the era of unregulated complementary medicine ended, the requirements in terms of dossier content left many role players at odds. We're now in conversation with, of course, Section 27. They are involved in a case which began in 2018 when the Association of Natural Health Products and Association of Manufacturers of Complementary Medicines brought a court case against the Minister of Health and the South African Health Products Regulatory Authority challenging the regulation of complementary medicines. In their argument, Section 27 says, as much as government has an obligation to ensure the progressive realization of the right to access to health care, the same government also has an obligation to protect the health of the population by requiring that all types of medicines and health products meet acceptable standards for human consumption. A legal dichotomy indeed between the access continued and re- the continued realization of access to health care versus the regulatory powers that the constitution endorsed to in the process of doing that maintain the dignity of the healthcare system itself. Where to next? Ms. Tendai Mafuma, Legal Researcher, Section 27. I hope that encapsulation was great. Do you want to tell us more what exactly is meant by complementary medicines? First up, Tendai, good evening. Thanks for your time. Good evening, Sengisman. Thank you for having me on your show, and thank you to everyone who's listening. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, complementary medicines, it's quite a difficult um, category of medicines to describe. Um, but it's a um, category that has been designated in terms of the Medicines and, Sub- um, and Related Substances Act, and it constitutes a number of classes of medicines, uh, which will include homeopathy, it will include unami medicines. So it's just really a group of medicines um, as classified in terms of the med- complementary medicines of, of the mm. Medicines and Related Substances Act. At the core of the dispute, what is it? You want anything that is termed as medicines to be regulated, essentially? So basically, that is the core, that if anything is presented as a medicine, as is defined by the Act, that should be regulated. And what that means is that it should go through the separate processes where it is checked for its efficacy, for its safety, and for its quality before it's put out to the public for corruption. I go to a doctor who just Mm -hmm. hasn't gone through the MBC CHB route, in other words, through an an accredited institution of higher learning. But this person is known in a particular community, particularly in an African community, because this is what happens in this part of the world on the continent. This person mixes herbs, 
For instance, he will prescribe ikala for somebody who has recurring tummy ache issues or might prescribe lengane umhlonyane artemisia for flu-related symptoms with a mixture of whatever else. And generally speaking, that works. Why would that individual be required to go through the onerous process of SAPRA when his indigenous methods to the people who subscribe to him or her are accepted and are proven to work? Why, why, why should that person go through that onerous process? Is that not encumbering the obligation to make progressively realizable the right to health? Absolutely not. I I do not think that it encumbers the progressive realization um, because at the core of the issue, I think just going back to what the um, the case in the court was, it was about protection of people who are consuming all these products on our shelves that claim to be effective um, against particular diseases or particular conditions, right? Um, and I think I think the you know so there are two kind of discussions going on about Western medicines and traditional medicines, but I don't think it's it's a competition really. I think there's space for those two sort of disciplines to work together um, to make sure that the efficacy is is shown and that when people rely on certain products. These products have actually been shown to work to work against um, the the diseases that they claim they work against. Here's where I think you and I are going to disagree, and perhaps we might have found the nub of the discussion. I am all for an environment that makes allowance for, generally speaking, the many aspects that can, broadly speaking, be referred to as the realization of access to healthcare. Because any medicine that has to go through the SAPRA process, there are costs involved there. There are time delays or or time factors that have to be contemplated there. And then equally, the clinical recordal thereof has to be there before, typically, I can consume it as the consumer versus what many in certain quarters of this country believe to be trend effective. Equally, you find more and more now prescriptions are not necessarily limited to the ingestion of medicine. They may include even adaptation of certain lifestyle habits, which we could even say some of these, what you have termed traditional medicines, border on doing as well. Apple a day keeps the doctor away, so to speak. That hasn't required any clinical process to be engaged. I'm not speaking about apples in particular now. I'm speaking about those African roots and herbs that are mixed by a person who has been doing it from time immemorial as a gift from the ancestors and has used it in a community that has worked for that given community. And the only results you can show from that are the fact that people are alive when all your Western medicine, so to speak, wouldn't have. Now, what is the difference between that person doing what that person has always done versus a doctor now who has an MB, CHB, saying, I recommend that you take a walk in the park? That is still a prescription. Now, what's the difference? Well, perhaps the difference is that we have the regulatory scheme, which is the Medicines and Related Substances Act, which empowers the minister to classify medicines and once he has classified those medicines he can also make certain determinations about how those medicines should be controlled 
So once something falls within the regime of what can be regulated by the minister and what he deems, um, what our government deems should be controlled um, for for reasons, you know, alluding related to the safety and efficacy, I think that is the difference. Once that is done, we must comply with it, right? I don't dispute that, but why is efficacy and safety assumed to have to follow South African Health Products Regulatory Authority? Is, is that the only way we can know that some product is safe and is tried and tested? Is the lived experience lesser than the clinical process, which is labor-based? I do not think the, the, the lived experience is definitely important, and I think, um, I think we, we will hear people with different lived experiences about various um, types of medicines that they've used. But I think the issue is about how we can regulate to ensure that there's some sort of standard. And for now, the South African Health um, Health Product Regulatory Authority is what we have. That is the body that can check, you know, establish those standards and make sure that the products live up to those standards. You see, when you talk about standards, I'm glad because <laughs> the, the, the entry point to this conversation was complementary. And right. standards don't have to mimic each other. They don't have to be based on the same template. Standards are no more than that, standards. And they don't necessarily have to be better or worse or higher or lesser. Because ultimately, what are you looking for? I mean, the broader discussion is what here? Do we have a healthcare system that is broad enough, that is accessible enough, that brings more people as opposed to limits entry, the think barriers to entry to healthcare, particularly private healthcare in this country. Now, when we have a situation whereby you've got a strong demand, if you like, for what you termed traditional medicines, regulating or no regulating is simply not going to disappear, first of all. And I'm not suggesting that should be the standard. I'm simply suggesting the fact that it is there and has been there since time immemorial. There's a strong support for this. In the context then of complementary, why should the test be determined by the system that follows the South African Health Products Regulatory Authority? Because you will find your allied healthcare practitioners would have different ways of coming to the same conclusion that A, this has been tested and is safe for consumption, and here is the record, all of which don't necessarily follow the typical clinical process that is followed by South African Health Products Regulatory Authority, which was formerly the Medicines Control Council, but nonetheless, in the final analysis, is good enough, has been proven to be good enough, and there are people who can speak to that good enough. I'm asking, why can't you have a situation that is broad, that is consistent with the Constitution, making the circle bigger, so to speak? I think that system does exist, like you just said, with the allied um, health professionals. But I think once um, a determination has been made that a certain product should go through the SAPRA process, um, I'm not sure why we we should be arguing against that process. I don't think it in any way narrows how broad our health health system is. I think it does. It does because... The protocols coming to that determination, typically of your Western medicines, cannot and are not the same for coming to the same determination about what you refer to as traditional medicines, African medicines, allied healthcare practitioners. 
the protocol systems, the determination process isn't the same. That's why I have an issue with it. And I'm not necessarily suggesting I'm right. I'm simply saying there's a sizable community who would buy into the argument that I'm putting forward. I don't see, unless I can be shown otherwise, that this argument that I'm advancing would limit the aspirations of the transformative agenda, in fact, of the Constitution, which are embedded in Section 20, Section 27 because it speaks about progressive realization. In other words, more people in as opposed to limited people in. Think about that. Let's take a call. Let's have a conversation then with Mekucho in Bulugwana. Good evening, Mama. Thanks for your time. Good evening, Sangezo. Mm. Uh, what you're talking about is very close to my heart. Actually, today I went to one of the big pharmacists. I want to mention the name. What I would want also because I feel like I, I feel like I'm just a kettle boiling, you know, just um because it's long we've been talking about these things. I think also I don't know how the laws work in South Africa because some of us we make very good products which are good. But when you go to these places when you say, uh, take my uh, my product maybe to sell and stuff, they will tell you a whole lot of things that you should, things that are just impossible to follow. But when you look in the very same pharmacies they have, where you even take their product in the very same pharmacies as your raw products, just to make something else, you will be told a lot of things. Yet, I know actually, Songezo, because I look at this thing a whole lot. I take a whole lot of of uh, of, uh, of uh, these products which are in these very pharmacies that I'm talking about. I'm talking about one of the biggest pharmacies in in in, in South Africa. There's a lot of lot of uh, uh, of products, the complementary type of a product. Who who regulate who regulates them? Who says this is not right and this is this is right? Like today, there's a lot. You see cannabis. Some of us, we know a lot of uh, things that we can do with it. But we are so, we don't have finance. When you go to people who finance and stuff like that, governmental, whatever, because they themselves, they don't even know what these things do. And they're not even open-minded. You know, it's like we just talk and talk and talk. This is, I've been practicing since 1994, but no one takes me seriously. But my clients take me seriously and this thing of us even blacks ourselves if there is there's something wrong with us we're not proud of our own things we were we made to believe that only the white people's products work we must stop believing in those things because it's not everything that is i mean that statement is not right at all we have been made not to believe in our own things Thank you, Ma. Thank you. I do appreciate that. I wouldn't think that my guest and wonderful colleague in the law legal research at Section 27, Ms. Tendai Mafuma, was at all gravitating towards um, the non-recognition simply because it is an African product, but rather she is limited by the case she has to deal with. So I suppose you would want to respond to that in your way, Ms. Tendai Mafuma. Um, you know, I think I think the essence of the case was about regulation of a certain of certain disciplines of medicines of mm. complementary medicines. Yes. Um and the reasons for that are very clear, right? Why we need regulation. And I don't think anyone from whichever perspective they're looking at can argue with the importance of making sure that medicines are effective, they're safe and they're t- and and they're of good quality. Mm. And I think there are other issues that come here as well. If you think about the number of um, products that we're seeing on our in our pharmacies that make certain claims to yes, you know sure. and and 
usually these products don't comply with the uh, with the labeling requirements so you as a consumer you have no idea what's con- what's contained in in those um products so one of the things that the regulations seek to do is to make sure that these products will re- will comply with the labeling requirements so when you are purchasing them you're actually aware of what it is that you're purchasing and you know if you just think about why it's important to regulate i know that we've been talking about traditional medicines quite a lot but i think this regulation also speaks to to other medicines that don't fall within african traditional medicines um and i think just looking back at the hiv fight it's quite clear why it's important thinking about what um people like dr rath was doing advertising he and marketing his vitamins um as being effective against hiv and how many people actually relied on those vitamins to the exclusion of um antiretroviral treatment and lost their lives so it's not it's i think the importance for me really is once we have made a determination that there's a need to protect the consumer which is what the medicines act really is about mm. uh, we need to find ways of making sure that there's compliance and and you set out the regula- the the standards that um manufacturers and distributors must comply with Sure. You know, for the most part, everything that you have said, I cannot stand in the way of those arguments because they follow logical sequence. I see how I am protected. I am seeing how, to go back to that word, standards are being maintained and everything that goes with that. But I would suggest, in line with the posit that was made by Mekucho earlier on, that that is fit for one class or category of open, close quote, medicine. Medicine cannot be looked at in the uniform or unilateral way as, for the most part, I suppose it has been looked at. Medicine has to engage a broader network or broader definition or encompass the broader aspects that are associated with ultimately what? Healthcare. Hence now it would, I mean, for instance, back in the day, I mean, talking about now early 20th century, smoking was recommended as a response to lung cancer and lung diseases. Anything but right now, because medicine evolves. Equally, on the basis of medicine evolving, why is it difficult to contemplate that there could be, let me frankly refer to it in the context of Mekucho as African medicine, because I'm just going to classify it in the context of what you called as traditional medicines, African medicine. Why can't medicine, as we have for the most part known it, evolve to include and understand how African medicine operates within its given community, just as doctors have said smoking was good and now smoking is not good. In fact, smoking ad, ad, smoke advertising is banned. You can't even get cigarettes now because of what it can even do in the spread of COVID-19. Equally, exercise was never something which a medical practitioner would prescribe. Now it is being prescribed, including but not limited to sitting down and listening to music in a park because the flora that is there together with the music, classical music, for instance, may be a response to the regain of memory, for instance. So the context of medicine and medical interventions evolves and touches on typically what would not be referred to as medicines or clinical stuff, but it does now. Now, what is so difficult about picking up a rooibos plant in the southwestern Cape, drying it, and drinking it as tea without necessarily having to go buy rooibos? Puhu plant. We know how 
good that is in boosting the immune system. The same thing with Artemisia and all of these things because the people who have a relationship with this know how to engage it and ultimately their health outcomes are better. Why can this complementary medicine discussion then not contemplate that? Why should it be limited to South African Health Products Regulatory Authority and the process that authority employs? Anything outside its scope doesn't therefore qualify as open, closed quote medicines. Not necessarily. Actually, if you look at the Medicines and Related Substances Act, the definition for medicine is quite wide. Basically, what what it says is that a medicine is any substance or mixture of substances used or purporting to be used, suitable for use or manufactured or sold for use in the diagnosis, treatment, mitigation, motiv- motiv- modification or prevention of disease. Right, so the definition of medicine is actually really wide. Mm-hmm. I think the issue is when we come to regulation, which is where a minister has been empowered to regulate certain classes of medicines. And in this case that was in court, the regulation relates to certain groups of complementary medicines to the exclusion. It doesn't include African traditional medicines, but that is not the debate that we're having, mm-hmm. the conversation mm-hmm. that we're, not, we're having today. Sure. Right? Um, so in 2020, in South Africa right now, our, our idea of what a medicine is, is definitely wide. It's wide enough to include, you know, the groups of medicines that you've been talking about. Um, I think the issue then becomes, once, once it has been identified as, a med- as something that needs to be regulated, mm. um, and I'm not sure whether you are suggesting that African traditional medicines or any other complementary medicines should not be regulated, or you're saying they should be regulated differently. I'm suggesting that regulation should be nuanced to its history, to its context, to its people. Um, okay, yeah. so just, just going back, to, you know, I think I, I listened to, to an interview that you did um, last month, and I, and I think it can be nuanced, but I don't think that um, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be. So, so we agree that it should be regulated. The nuances are something that the authorities would have to think about. Um, but for now, the, the standard that we have is SAPRA, and, and, and that is what has to be um, complied with. Let's listen to the voice note. I'll engage you a little bit after this. Voice note, please. Sure. This song is of a great program. And to Tendai, I like the presentation. And I like the way song is where you organize your presentation. That's great. And from Umama Lofoni Leolo Wire A Farmers. That's great. I like that. That's, that shows what we are people, we are Africans. We should be proud of our products and they should be regulated. Not that it should come a pharmacy from across the seas to justify that we can authenticate it. No. I like, guys, the way you're doing things. Keep it up. Thanks. Thanks, Tendai. Thanks. I suppose that's a compliment as it is to the caller. And to the host, least the host, more to you for bringing in such a very vexing topic because it is a very necessary one that perhaps the Constitutional Court might be well off to adjudicate on. Absolutely. I think um, we are waiting for judgment. So judgment was reserved after two days of hearing in the High Court. Um, And depending on the outcome, then parties will, will elect whether they want to take it further. 
But we as Section 27 were actually representing the treatment action campaign who were amicus in the case. So mm-hmm. their role was to yes. be friends of the court and lead evidence that assists the court to come to a particular outcome. Can you um, synthesize that evidence on behalf of TIC as an amicus? Absolutely. So our evidence was, uh, you know, it rested on three legs. Yes. The first thing was the standing of the applicant. So basically whether the applicant um, had, you know, could bring the case before the court. And we, we argued that the applicant did not have standing. Um, the applicant did not show that they were bringing the matter in the public interest. Who's the applicant? Um, the applicant is the Associ- Association of Natural yes. Health sure. Products. Yes, yes. Um, And then our second argument really related to the definition of medicine and whether the definition of medicine as it stands in the Act Mm. is wide enough to include complementary medicines. And we argued that it did. Um, And then the third issue was really relating to the state's positive obligation to make sure that people have access to um, therapeutically effective medicines that are of good quality and they are safe for consumption. Um, and TAC really relied on its experience during the early 2000s mm-hmm. where it was fighting charlatans and quacks like Dr. Rats to show the importance of regulation of medicines and also complying with labeling requirements. I'd be keen to actually have a conversation with you off here because this is just such an interesting topic and the more you engage, I mean, you sort of tick one or two boxes that I have. But generally speaking, forget this case for a moment. Is there a case that can be made along these lines? It is high time to look at the broad regulatory framework which comes from the constitutional order and make allowance for the society, the society's practice, society's preference, and find ways in which the regulatory order can accommodate that which that society does. Because surely the regulatory order must reflect the society as opposed to the society following a regulatory order. Because if it is the latter, society following a regulatory order, you could quite easily achieve a mischief. For instance, apartheid. There were laws and society had to follow them, but this law and the society acting in concert achieves what? A mischief, a crime against humanity. Surely there can be a case to be made in terms of the regulatory order must follow the society. I'm not talking about this case, I'm talking general terms. I think there's room for that, and I think our constitutional disposition actually does make room for that by requiring um, meaningful participation, meaningful engagement, right? So in the development of these different regulatory systems, creating a platform um, that allows all different voices to be heard um, and that allows for the incorporation of all those different views um in the final in the final regulatory scheme and so i think you know for me that's what i would say i would probably need to give it a little bit more thought i must say mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. caught me okay. off guard no, with no. that question just, just open conversation <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely so i think i think there may be different ways of doing it um one of them being the public you know participation and making sure that when we're coming up with these regulatory schemes mm. um we're actually you know giving the the various stakeholders um 
space to engage. Excellent. Uh, and creating platforms for different types of collaboration. Excellent. You know, so we have these different research institutions that could definitely work in hand, hand in hand with mm. um, the, the different groups of complementary medicines to make sure that we... You know, so I think the the biggest concern sometimes, sorry, my, my, my mind is all over the place, but I think the biggest concern sometimes is that we have um, indigenous knowledge that we feel that may have been taken advantage of. So perhaps to create the platforms where there's research institutions um, are collaborating with indigenous knowledge and making sure that we are developing for, I don't know, you know, no, 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 I think, Tendai, sorry, I'm going to have to yeah. inter- interrupt you because I really have run out of time. But I think my premise is predicated on, generally speaking, the answer that you have just given. Because all of which speaks to, ultimately, what was the first thing that I'd asked, complementary. Not better, yeah. not worse, complementary. And I think your answer speaks to and better encapsulates what I was essentially driving you to engage me on what ultimately I believe is the way to go. When you talk about regulation, it must be complementary, not necessarily one subservient over the other. But nonetheless, Tendai Mafuma, all the best. Thank you so much. Legal Research at Section 27.